Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Hey leaders, welcome to episode 49 of the Leadership Matters Podcast. That's right, 49, we're creeping up to 50. And this particular episode I've entitled, A Superpower for Leaders. I'm going to get right into this because uh, i got a lot to unpack here today. What if I were to tell you that you could be more confident, a more creative, better communicator, a more effective leader, more fulfilled, and just, you know what, overall happier in life? And what if I told you you could experience all of this just by working on one thing? I mean, who wouldn't want to sign up for that? I'd, I'd have my hand up. I'd be here for that. That would be like possessing a superpower. I want to talk to you about something I've come to see and realize that truly is a superpower for leaders. And it's called self-awareness. Self-awareness. A few years ago, I was conducting some staff reviews with a few of the staff that I was a direct report for at the time. And as I was finishing up uh, one of these interviews, these staff reviews, the staff member that, was, that I was reviewing at the time brought up the fact that when they first started in our organization, they found me to be very intimidating until they got to know me better and then found out that that actually wasn't the case at all. But since they had already shared this, I was intrigued. And so I asked a bunch of follow-up questions trying to get to the why I came across that way to this particular person. Because I thought to myself, you know, if this particular person perceives me this way, that's probably true of some other people in my life as well. And, and I want to get to the bottom of that. Why was I being perceived as intimidating? Now, I had an option. I could get defensive and make excuses, or I can learn and become more self-aware. As, as this person left my office that day, I began to wonder how many other ways I am perceived, not just being intimidating, but how many other ways I'm being perceived by those around me that I'm actually completely unaware of, which kind of set me on a bit of an intentional path at really doing some deep inner soul work in an attempt to become more self-aware. See, the biggest problem for not just leaders, but actually all of us as human beings, as it relates to growing in self-awareness, is that we all tend to think we're more self-aware than we actually are. There's a, a doctor, an organizational psychologist named Tasha Urich. She's also author of a book called Insight and one of the leading researchers on self-awareness. And she conducted a study a few years back and found that 95% of the people she studied, she studied hundreds of leaders, and 95% of the people she researched and studied thought they were highly self-aware while less than 15% of those people actually were. Now, what does this mean? She suggests on a good day, 80% of us are lying to ourselves about lying to ourselves. Let me say that again. 80% of us are actually lying to ourselves about lying to ourselves. That's interesting to me. Fascinating, actually. Now, I won't get into how the study was conducted. You can Google her, Tasha Urich, her group, or Google her book, Insight. You'll come across her website, and you can find out, just take a little bit of a deeper dive into, into how she figured this out and the type of study and research she did. And she's got other 
blog posts and just different material on that TED Talks. But the fact is that self-awareness is more often than not a blind spot rather than being a superpower. So here's the bottom line for this particular episode of this podcast. You ready for it? It's this. You cannot change what you're not aware of. You cannot change what you're not aware of. There's no way. Think about the story I opened with about doing this staff review with this person on our staff. There's no way I could ever take a deeper dive into this perception out there of me being intimidating unless I'm actually aware of that. And I think the reason that social uh, self-awareness is such a superpower is because the majority of leaders lack this critical skill. So when a leader does have a healthy self-awareness, just possessing that skill alone and using it end up making it a superpower because so few leaders actually have it. Yet so many leaders think they do. So what is it? What is, what's a simple definition of self-awareness? Well, self-awareness is simply the ability to see ourselves clearly and understand how others see us. It's the ability to look at our own thoughts, our words, our emotions, actions from an outside perspective through more of an objective lens than just a subjective one, which would be our own opinion of ourselves. One researcher put it this way, it's becoming aware of one's emotional state and the degree to which that affects our behavior. Now, I do want to get to some practical steps to becoming more self-aware and tell you um, some, some simple steps how you could take action in becoming more self-aware and developing this hidden superpower. But before we get to that, I think it's helpful to first understand why so many of us don't lean into this, don't develop this hidden superpower. Here's a few reasons. First of all, it's difficult for us to step outside of ourselves and to take an objective look at ourselves for the purpose of reflection. Let's face it, doing such things as being reflective and and thinking about who we are and what has shaped us into the people we are and how other people perceive us, that takes time. And I don't know about you, but as a leader, life is busy, leadership's busy, and so we naturally gravitate towards what is quick and what is easy. The result being that we lack and we miss out on on developing this superpower because simply it's just difficult and it's time consuming. Another reason we don't do it is, is because it means some brutal honesty with ourselves, which often stings. We've all heard the cliche, the truth hurts. And I don't know if you've experienced that before, but I know I've experienced it. The truth does hurt sometimes. It's good for us, but it hurts. And some of us just don't like that pain. And so we, at all costs, do everything within our conscious and subconscious power to avoid the pain of the truth. Stephen R. Covey is quoted as saying, self-awareness involves deep personal honesty that comes from asking and answering the hard questions. As a leader, we're often looking for efficiency And as a result, we end up sacrificing effectiveness. We're looking for efficiency, and as a result, we end up sacrificing our effectiveness. Another reason is it's so difficult to get unfiltered, constructive feedback from those around us. 
Let's face it, many people, for whatever reason, don't feel safe enough, maybe have fears and anxieties of their own or what the repercussions will be if they give us honest, authentic feedback about who we are and who they perceive us to be. That's the type of feedback, though, that we need to implement effective change. Another reason that many leaders don't do this, don't lean into developing this superpower, is that there's also this altitude factor which does affect some leaders. Let me unpack this, what I mean by that. This is the idea that the higher a leader climbs, the proverbial corporate ladder, if you want to phrase it that way, the the more self-assured, overconfident, and self-absorbed a leader tends to become. So the higher a leader goes, the more self-assured, overconfident, and self-absorbed that leader also tends to become, which results in being less likely to consider the perceptions of others. Let Let me say it a different way. The higher a leader climbs, the less they are to see their own need to change And they begin making these assumptions that the problem lies with everybody else around them. And that just everybody else has the problem and they need to change. I don't need to change anything. I mean, I got to this position, this high level of leadership. I didn't get here by by being a broken individual or a person with issues. Um, I got here because of my competency, my skill, uh, whatever. You fill in the blank. And as a result, that leader just becomes less and less self-aware instead of more self-aware and start making excuses and, and making it out to be that everybody else has issues they need to work on and I no longer do as the leader. So ask yourself, those are just a few reasons I came up with that leaders don't and research tells us that leaders often don't lean into developing the superpower. But ask yourself, could any of these be a factor in your lack of developing your own self-awareness? Regardless of your answer, the fact is that when a leader is self-aware, it really does shape a strong character with the ability to lead with purpose, trust, and the consideration of others. So, we've talked about why it's such a superpower. We've talked about what it is, a simple definition, and we've even suggested some reasons why leaders may ignore it. But how do we develop it? What are some practical steps that we can all take today to become more self-aware? Well, that's a great question, and that's where I want to spend the bulk of our time today. And as I researched this question, I thought about my own personal experiences in life and in leadership, I came up with a pretty broad diverse, extensive list. And to be honest, it was a little bit overwhelming. But I've managed to collect all that data and and all that research and my own personal experiences. And after recognizing a lot of overlap, a lot of familiar, familiar steps that, that multiple leadership articles and just researchers are suggesting, I've taken that and I've compiled a list of five practical steps. Now, let me warn you, this is not an exhaustive list. I'm not saying there's not other things you could work on or other things that will help or or that you could do. But I wanted to give you a practical list of just five that wouldn't be too overwhelming of a place, a starting place. So maybe you've never thought about this whole thing of developing your self-awareness. Here's a great place to start. The first practical step in becoming more self-aware, developing this hidden superpower, is to get curious and stay curious. Get curious. I think before we can get any of the other steps, 
Becoming more self-aware has to start here. It begins with an untamed curiosity. The path to learning and developing in any area of our lives or leadership, it always begins with a curiosity. It begins with questions rather than answers. Questions promote growth and learning and development. Answers will actually stunt your growth. And so to be curious about anything is birthed out of having enough margin, hear me out here, Being curious about anything is birthed out of having enough margin in our lives to stop and reflect on our thoughts, our emotions, and our behavior. Now, that's an entirely different podcast episode talking about margin and how do we create margin in our lives. And I've referenced that before in previous podcast episodes. But what I'm trying to say here is you've got to have the time and space in your life to actually stop, slow down, and reflect. Be able to get curious and ask some of those questions about, why you do the things you do. What what was behind that reaction you just had? And you've got to create time and space to actually be curious. When you're always go, 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 and you're so driven, you actually don't give yourself the margin, the time, the space needed to stay curious. And so some of us are just way too overwhelmed with our schedules. and our, And I'm telling you, if you don't get a handle of that now... It will have control and handle you. And so uh, this is maybe the warning you needed in, in this little nugget of truth in this entire podcast to maybe you need to look at your life and your schedule and figure out how to get more margin in there, which is, is going to give you the time and space to actually develop this whole superpower of self-awareness. So get curious, stay curious. We'll talk about more what that could look like down on this list. Number two, ask what over why. Ask what questions rather than why questions. Now, I may need a few minutes to unpack this one because it's critical to your self-awareness efforts. Again, Tasha Urich, I'll reference her work. She suggests that asking why leads us away from the truth about ourselves instead of towards it. Real quickly, here's a couple reasons not to ask why. Why it can be dangerous to ask why. First of all, We cannot uncover our unconscious thoughts, our feelings and motives because so much is hidden from our conscious awareness. So what ends up happening is we end up inventing answers that feel true but are wrong. And so that's a that's a very good reason not to ask why questions because it can lead you astray. Another reason not to ask why is because why questions can trap us into the rearview mirror, focusing on the negative often with no way to answer the why questions. And so it leaves us feeling stuck and depressed and just down because it's too hard to come up with the answers to why. Now, I want to separate and delineate between the why when it comes to maybe casting vision as a leader or your organization. Like, I'm not talking, uh, this is not what we're talking about. We're talking in terms of you and and who you are and and becoming more self-aware. That's what we're talking about here. This is not to do with vision and leadership in, in that sense, because we all we all know, and I think we'd all agree that starting with why is is foundational um, in terms of, of vision and and values and those types of things. But this is for you personally and your own efforts to become more self-aware. Why it's not healthy to ask why. So instead, we should begin by asking what questions which will help move us forward into our future. Now, here's an example how this plays out. Have you ever asked, 
why me? Have you ever said those words, maybe subconsciously inside of your mind, in your head? Why me? Why am I going through this? Maybe you're a person of faith and you say, why you, you actually speak that out loud to God. God, why me? Why am I going through this? Why has this happened to me? How could you allow this to happen? Now, this question alone can leave you drowning in hopelessness, depression, leaving you without answers. When it might be much more beneficial to ask a what question instead of why me, what if you ask this, what could I learn about me through this? See how that's completely different and just offers so much more hope and fruit and growth and development rather than just being stuck with why me? Why me actually leaves you stuck in the past, whereas what could I learn about me through this helps you grow and develop into the future and move forward into it. Or here's another good what question instead of why me. What is most important to me now that this has happened to me? Now that I've learned this, or now that this has happened to me and I've gone through this, what's most important to me now? Here's a few other examples of some good what questions. What was I feeling in the moment? What was going on at the time? What happened? What is the story I'm telling myself? That's a powerful one. I've learned the past little while that I've started asking myself multiple times, even throughout the day. What is the story I'm telling myself because of this? What's the truth? If you're Again, if you're a person of faith, if you're a, a ministry leader, you, you might look to God's word. What 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 does God's word say? We believe that to be the absolute truth. So what does his word say? Or what action can I take that is helpful but feels unnatural to do? As a result of going through this or experiencing this, what action can I take that's going to be most beneficial, most helpful, but may feel completely unnatural. It goes against the grain of what I feel like doing in this moment. Those are all great examples of what, and there's so many more. But the basis, the premise of this whole point, this practical step is begin to ask yourself what over why. Because it will move you into your future rather than keeping you stuck in the past. So we've talked about getting curious, staying curious, asking what over why. Number three in practical steps to be to developing your self-awareness is this. Journal your reflections. And honestly, leaders, if I could pick one of these five that, that might be most effective, if you're to start anywhere, I would suggest you start here. This might have the biggest impact on your life and on your own self-awareness in your desire to become more self-aware. It would be this one, this simple step of beginning to make journaling a habit and journal your reflections. I cannot emphasize it enough and the power that journaling your reflections has when you do it on a consistent basis. I journal at least five days a week, sometimes more. And research shows that when we write, when we write things down, when we tap into that part of our brain, we're actually tapping into a different part of our brains that's not accessed when we have a thought or we might say something out loud in a conversation. And so when we write something, when we're journaling, we're actually accessing a different part of our brain that is actually, uh, it's been proven through research, scientific research shows the, the benefits to that, even on our immune system, on our overall physical health, which just blows my mind. <laughs> It's like, you know, we're actually intertwined, connected beings, kind of like how God created us to be, body, mind, spirit. 
Now, I've talked about this a little bit on on previous episodes, but I do this weekly interior check-in with some what questions, where I ask myself some what questions, and then I journal my answers, my responses. Here's the the questions. I used to have four, but recently I've added a fifth that's been helpful. And so what am I sad about? I just write that in my journal, and then I respond. I answer with whatever flows out of that pen in that given day, in that given moment. What am I... What am I sad about? What am I mad about? What am I angry or what am I anxious about? What am I ashamed about? That's the new one that I recently added. And then what am I glad about? What's making me happy these days? And if you've never made journaling a habit, I guarantee if you just start this week, even with five, 10 minutes, um, you're going to start to see the benefits if you make this a consistent habit in your life and use these four or five questions. And, and you might begin with just one phrase answers to begin with. But then as you go and you get better at this and you'll start to unpack more and, and the pen will just begin and you'll find yourself, wow, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes has passed. And you're like, I can't stop writing. Like there's there's times where I write, you know, and, and I have to actually move on to the next thing or I could write for, for a long time. And so I, I, I can't encourage, I can't recommend enough just the benefits of journaling your reflections. So if there was one out of these five to start with to take away today, I'd say start there if this is not a current habit in your life already. Okay, number four, build your emotional IQ. Some people term this as emotional intelligence or emotional literacy. Basically, what this is about is using your brain. By bringing an awareness to your physical state, you can actually recognize your emotion as it's happening by paying attention to your physical state. I, I talked about that a few moments ago. Remember, I was talking about how we often feel our emotions in our body before we ever feel them as an emotion. We'll feel them as a physical thing. Like you might get butterflies in your stomach and that describe that emotion as anxiety or you might get this flushness throughout your numbness in your hands or your heart starts beating faster or you might start to sweat or whatever. But we, we feel this in our physical beings, in our physical bodies before we ever recognize them as emotions. And so uh, start there. If you feel something, recognize it, recognize the emotion that's behind it. And the better we get at this, the more it rewires our brains. And thus, we end up stopping to, to just react to things as they happen. And we can start to have control over them and, and actually pay attention to what's going on through just a physical state of our body. Wow, I'm feeling this in my body. Well, maybe it's because I'm anxious about And I have this meeting coming up. And man, I, going into that meeting, I'm scared to talk to that person. Wow, it all started with a feeling in your body. And so just being aware of that and starting there has huge benefits and it builds your emotional IQ. Here's the deal. Make tuning into your emotions as you feel them. Make that a habit. So here's the steps to do it. Like I just said, notice it, name it, name the emotion, then rate it on a scale of 1 to 10 intensity wise. So a 1 might be, well, this is not so intense. A 10 might be, wow, this is super intense. And then another step you can take even after that is find a more specific word to describe it beyond the five core emotions. 
And I just spoke of these five core emotions a moment ago when I was talking about this interior check-in and writing, journaling your reflections. Those were actually, those, those questions are all related to the five core emotions we feel as human beings. Happy, sad, angry, afraid, and ashamed. So instead of stating what you're, the emotion you're feeling as one of those five core emotions, if you want to get more in touch with your emotions, what if you were to, to phrase it as a more specific emotion? Because there are, there are hundreds of actual emotions outside of that would fall into the category of these five emotions. So let me give you an example. Let's say you're feeling happy. Instead of saying I'm feeling happy and I feel like a, an 8 out of 10 in terms of overall happiness, what if you use the word excited instead? Because excited might fall in the category of 7 to 10 on a scale of intensity. Whereas if you were more feeling relieved, that might fall kind of middle of the road in between 4 and 6 on intensity level under happiness. And if you weren't feel if you were feeling like just mildly happy, you might rate yourself 1 to 3. What's a good word to use there? It might be pleased. I'm feeling pleased right now. And what happens is when you do this, this adds just so much more precision to your emotion that you're experiencing at the time. And you actually become a lot more in touch with your emotions, your feelings. And again, all in an attempt to build your emotional IQ. Why am I feeling this right now? Oh, well, I've got this coming. I'm feeling this in my body. It's probably because of this and this is coming up or I just had this conversation or just walked through this. There's a reason. Here's the intensity level of it. I'm feeling kind of like this right now. And you may even want to journal some of these things out and and what's going on at the time that you're feeling this. It'll just bring insight and, again, some, some more intelligence, literacy, however you want to phrase it, to your emotions. And then number five, again, just to recap, we've talked about getting curious, staying curious, ask what over why, journal your reflections, build your emotional IQ. And then number five is this, invite honest feedback. And I, I got to say, again, if there was a close second to journaling your reflections as being most important or a good place to start, this might be a close second even tied with journaling your reflections. If you just started this, I'm telling you, you're naturally going to become more self-aware. So let me give you just a bit of a preamble here. If you want honest feedback, you've got to put your guns and your ammunition away. You've got to create a safe atmosphere for people to share how they actually perceive you with no repercussions. If, if you're going to get defensive and, and begin to make excuses when somebody begins to open up and share how you're being perceived or what it's like to be on the other end of you, then I'll tell you right now, you'll never get the honest feedback that you seek that's going to be helpful for you implementing change in your life and becoming more self-aware. So in regards to becoming self-aware, here's the best question you could ever ask to reveal more about yourself. But I'm going to warn you, get ready for truth. And again, I can't, I can't stress it enough. Avoid the temptation of making excuses for how they're, you're being perceived or getting defensive because the moment you do that, people will, will turn it off and be like, you know what? This isn't worth it. This is exactly what I thought would happen. And so I'm never going to open up to this person again because uh, there's, it's too painful. The repercussions are the, they're just too immense. And, and so I'm not willing to go through that. You've got to 
make sure if you want the honest feedback that you create a safe atmosphere for people to share their honesty. And so tell them, tell them that, tell them that, Hey, you're going to help me. You're actually going to hurt me more by not giving me the honest truth here. If you're just trying to sugarcoat it to make me feel good, that's actually not going to help in my own personal growth and development. And so you're going to do more harm than good by, by just, you know, pumping my tires. So here's the question. You ready for it? Here's one of the most powerful questions in terms of inviting honest feedback. And I've been using this lately in my own life, so I know it works. What's it like to be my fill-in-the-blank? So you fill in the blank, whatever the relationship is. So it might be your wife, your husband. What's it like to be my spouse? What's it like to be my child, my son, my daughter? What's it like to be my friend? What's it like to be my parent? What's it like to be my employee, to work for me? What's it like having me as a boss? What's it like being my boss? What's it like to have me as your employee, to have me as your staff member, me as your pastor? The more you can ask this of the people in your life and and get honest feedback, the more you're going to find out honestly how you're being perceived. And again, I just get ready for the honest truth. Now, I've been doing this. Let me tell you, I've started even with my own kids recently, just asking them this question. I'll have them alone by themselves and just say, hey, what's it like to be Jeremy's son, Jeremy's daughter? What's it like? And they kind of give me this perplexed look at the moment and just kind of, what do you mean, dad? And I'm like, well, what's it like to be on the other end of me, to, to grow up under my, you know, me as a parent, me being your dad? What's, what's that like for you? To talk to me. And immediately in the cases I've done this in, with, with all three of them, right away, you know, they go into saying something positive or nice about me to, you know, flattering. Oh, it's great, Dad. You're a great dad. And I love, you know, you're so this, you're so that. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I, I do thank you for, you know, that's really nice of you to say. But I, I, I really, that's not helpful. That's not what I'm looking for here. What I'm looking for is the honest truth of maybe there's some spots where it's not easy being my my son, my daughter, or you feel this or feel, and I don't want to try and put words in, but what I do is what I want to create a safe place where they can feel vulnerable and safe to share the the God's honest truth about what it's like to be my my child. And so when I did that and I and I I followed up their first initial feedback with that, what happened was the walls came down and they all began to share. And man, that was so, so incredibly helpful. Truthful. I'm not saying it felt good at the time. And I will honestly say that my knee-jerk reaction was to make excuses and to get defensive about why that. But I, I could tell you, each of my kids shared something with me that was so incredibly helpful in me becoming self-aware. I remember one one of them said something about just, well, Dad, you actually, I don't know if you realize this, but you actually do this. Whenever I say this, you say you respond in this way, and it's actually caused me to to clam up more and maybe not share as openly and honestly with you because here's the response I get each time I go to do that. Can I just tell you, leaders out there, that was so incredibly helpful and insightful. Now, that hurt a little bit. That stung but in a good way. Because instead of getting defensive and making excuses for my behavior, all I did, and this was hard to do for me, but I simply said, thank you. You're right. 
I do respond that way. I do tend to do that a fair bit. And I just want you to know, I didn't even realize I was doing it, but I'm inviting you to help recognize that and call that out when I when I do that because I want to change that. I don't want you clamming up. I don't want you having to think about how you're going to respond to this or how I'm going to want you to say it. Or I, I would much rather get the truth and get your honest, honest response and answer and what's really going on inside of you. And so... So if you see me do that in the future, I'm giving you permission right now. And I don't want to get defensive or make excuses. I'm giving you permission to call it out in an attempt to help me become more self-aware. And man, we just had this great, meaningful conversation, this in-depth heart-to-heart in the car that day as I was driving them around. And we were able to talk openly about that. And I've seen, I've literally seen changes since, not only in myself, but also in this child of mine. Now, I was thinking of this in terms of maybe a, a little more bit of a, a silly response or, or somebody silly you could fill in. But man, in all honesty, it's been helpful for me and you may laugh at this, but I've also started to think of this through the lens of, of my dog. What's it like to be Jer's dog, to be Diesel? And I started to think about that and I started actually to journal some of those reflections as I came up with, man, it probably feels like this for that guy. Probably feels a lot like this. And through that, I began to unpack some layers there and began to think, you know what? That's because of this. And and I do this not just with my dog. I do this in a lot of the relationships I hold with people. And man, I really need to work on that. Again, that might seem so silly to you to think of it through that lens. But I encourage you, if you have a pet, what's it like to be your pet? You might learn a lot just by answering that one single question, even though they can't speak or talk to you. But just, again, taking a more objective look, an outside perspective of how you interact with with that, with that pet. So I encourage you, if you don't know where to start, maybe start here. Maybe it's journaling, maybe it's the honest feedback loop, but get serious about developing this hidden superpower. Again, this is not an exhaustive list. There's many other types of things that will help you become more self-aware. Paying attention to your breathing. Silence and solitude helps incredibly. Personality tests that you can take. Seeing a therapist, a counselor, uh, somebody you trust. Like All of these things will help. But I wanted you to give this... I wanted you to hear this list of five ways that you could practically start if you're not sure where to start today. And to give you some tools uh, that would actually that you have access to, everyone can journal. Everyone can invite honest feedback with people around them. We can all start to build our emotional IQ. We can all start to ask ourselves what instead of why. Like all of these things are within your reach today. So there's no excuses why you couldn't start any of these today. Now, why do any of this? Well, there's all sorts of benefits, including but not limited to, it's going to help you become a better decision maker. It's going to help you understand multiple perspectives. It frees you from assumptions and personal biases. It's going to help you build better, solid, deeper relationships and connections with people. It's going to help you regulate your emotions, decrease stress, the increased health benefits alone. And as we started with, it's just overall going to make you a happier person and a more pleasant person to be around. Now remember, 
You cannot change what you're not aware of. And so start to get curious today. Start to get curious about your own person, the person that you are, the person that you are in all titles that you may hold today. Get curious about that and start to become aware of the things that you're finding and discovering about yourself. Now, you still might be out there listening to this podcast today thinking, you know what, I'm pretty self-aware. I got a pretty good handle on this. Well, I want to put a challenge out there for those of you who think you're pretty self-aware. Actually, for all of you listening today, why not take a quick assessment? This is being created by the Uric Group and uh, Tasha and her team. You can find it. It's a free quiz. It's available at www.insight. Uh, not slash, sorry, let me start that again, www.insight-book.com forward slash quiz. Now that's a mouthful. I'm going to include that link in the show description notes. So just go back up to the description of this particular episode and you're going to find that link. I've included it in there that where you can just click on it. And if that you're having trouble with that, just just Google search Tasha Yurik or Insight Book. That's the name of the book that she's written on this topic of self-awareness, Insight. Just Google that and you'll find her website where you'll find a link at the top of her page for this free quiz. Now, this quiz will take you literally three to four minutes. It doesn't take long at all. You're just going to answer a few simple multiple choice questions. What you're also going to need to do, though, and I'll pre-warn you, is you need to have somebody who knows you well, and you need to send the link to them as well. Obviously, if you just answer this quiz and do this assessment on your own, that's going to be a very subjective response. And so what, what they've designed and what they've realized is that they also need somebody who knows you well to take the quiz, too, so they can compile the answers and then figure out just how self-aware you are. So you need to have somebody's name, just their first name and their email address ready to fill in as well when you finish this quiz so that you can pass it along and they'll send it off. You don't have to do anything else. They'll send it off to somebody who knows you well, whatever the name is that you give them. So I'm going to put that link in the description of this episode. You don't need to have to do anything else. You can just find it there, click on it, take the quiz, and then fill in a good friend or a family member, somebody who knows you well, fill in their name and their email address as well. Now, let's wrap it up. So if self-awareness is really a superpower that the majority of leaders are just not tapping into, what are you going to do today? What are you going to do this week? What are you going to do this month to start developing this hidden superpower? That is my friends, is up to you. I want to I thank you today for listening, for tuning in. It's just been so awesome to hear the reports of what you're getting and what you're receiving out of these episodes. As always, if this has been beneficial to you, would you go ahead and just share it on your social media profiles, your platforms? Just give it a share, uh, a mention, whatever. It just helps get the word out to others so other leaders can benefit from this as well. Also, if you could like it wherever you get your podcasts, and the best thing you can do to really profile this podcast is to leave a review. That really helps spread the word and the news of this podcast. Why do we do this? Well, it's all in an effort to help you become the healthiest leader you can be because healthy leaders create healthy leadership. And I think we all would agree leadership really does matter. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.